Welcome back to our Beyond the Chariot. It's a faith and life series that Deanna and I have been hosting for quite some time. And we've had a special week this week. Uh, this is a special edition on NFP awareness. And Deanna, I know that you have had really a great line of guests um, that we've already shown this week. And mm. um, so now it's your turn to be interviewed. Oh, fun. <laughs> so, but before we get started, I do want to go ahead and begin in a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you today to hear uh, about Deanna's experience and journey with NFP and how that has affected her family life and all of the gifts and blessings and struggles um, that has gone on with her journey, we just ask that this uh, offers inspiration and hope to those who are listening, um, for those who may identify with her uh, situation and circumstance, but really for everyone um, who are trying to really understand the teachings of the church and how it relates to marriage and openness to life and to the blessing of children. We just ask that you guide our conversation and also bless all of those who will be listening. We ask all of this in your most holy name. Amen. And they are the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, Deanna. So I know um, a while ago you're like, I really want to do something for NFP Awareness Week. And I just want to, just a little recap. What was it that motivated you to want to do this series? Yeah, so nationally, it's Natural Family Planning Awareness Week, and it's a week that always falls uh, around the anniversary of Humanae Vitae and uh, the Feasts of St. Joachim and Anne. And it's really a time where the USCCB encourages to um, just emphasize the, the resource that NFP can be. Um, and I know, uh, like specifically in our diocese, wanting to highlight some of the resources that we have. Um, but I also really wanted to kind of expand the conversation beyond just, well, NFP is a great way to achieve or postpone pregnancy while you know being in line with church teaching and living out um, what marriage really means uh, but that, that it can really be a way of uh, of women's health and the great gift that it is and I think in in our conversation with you that was really highlighted and in our conversation with Dr. Kami Joe Tice Haroff just hearing about the the hope that um, that NFP can offer or just being able to diagnose other underlying issues um, and then it's just a, a way of viewing the, the whole person and not just looking at fertility or infertility uh, but really seeing it uh, really like through a Catholic lens um, so that that's really been the goal is to just um, yeah highlight what NFP is what it can offer and that that it's more than just a way of planning your family. Yeah, and I know I'm so happy that you did this, and I was honored that you even asked me to come on this sort of special edition. Um, and I know yesterday the video was released of uh, me talking about my journey with infertility, and you had asked, like, do you think it would be beneficial if I shared my story? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> um, I don't know if we we haven't quite figured out what to term this, like right. uh, hyper-fertility or right. super-abundant right. openness right. to God's life. 
I don't know. Yeah. And for, and I know we've, we've spoken on the podcast and on this series before just about our family life, but um, for those who don't know, I have four kids and I've been married for almost seven years and I will let you do the math. <laughs> <laughs> um, and your kids are just the cutest. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And if you go back to, and almost most of our other, um, videos you'll see the youngest little leo who's just yes. precious <laughs> when i started here you were actually out on maternity leave with yeah elena. with elena yeah i just had my third right and i think it's such a powerful witness to see the director of family life at these marriage retreats and engaged oh. retreats wearing a baby <laughs> And you do it with such grace. Um, oh, and I don't you. know how you manage it all, but you are such an <laughs> you are such an inspiration to me. And I know that your story today is going to bless those who hear it. So oh, well, thank you so much, Mickey. So uh, just give us a little bit about, a little bit more background on your family and your experience with NFP maybe before you got married, what yeah. you assumed about NFP, and then I guess when reality hit, <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> the lived experience? Yeah, so when Michael and I did marriage preparation, it wasn't the first time that we had heard of NFP. My parents actually had a reversion, my dad had a reversion, my mom came into the church because of um, the church's teaching on openness to life, and so it was something that I was always familiar with. And it's like, okay, yeah, when I get married, I'm going to use NFP. And I think it was this, the same summer that I met Michael was when I started using the method myself just to, just to get to know like how my body worked and like what was going on. And it actually helped to diagnose some thyroid issues that weren't showing up uh, in blood work. Um, but by charting, we were able to, to kind of figure out what was going on with Deanna so when Michael and I got engaged, or even when we were dating, um, he was on board, which was really great. <laughs> that yeah, this is something that we would use in married life. Um, when we got married, uh, I had I had been charting for I think about two years, and right before we got married, I actually completed my teacher certification uh, with the Billings method, uh, so I could start teaching. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, we just got married. Um, we'll be an NFP couple. And for some reason, uh, in my mind, um, when I thought of like what an NFP couple looks like, you know, in addition to being, you know, friendly and knows their stuff, but they look like an NFP couple. <laughs> and it sounds kind of silly to say that, but people who are familiar with NFP circles might might understand what I'm talking about, where it seems like couples who are kind of known for, for, for either teaching NFP or living it, in my mind, it was something where their kids were perfectly spaced, you know, two to three years apart. Um, we had always been taught, you know, this is a very easy method, and that word easy <laughs> really stood out <laughs> to us or to me. Um, and so I thought, okay, like this is going to be super easy and it's going to be great because, you know, we're following the church's teaching. Uh, when we got married, we were um, finishing up graduate school. So we were writing our thesis and um, we just earned, you know, okay, we were always open. <laughs> we're always open to whatever God wants, but right now 
we feel like we need to postpone pregnancy because we need to finish up our studies and um, just kind of get our grasp on, on what the plan is. Um, and I think it was like maybe two months before we graduated where we're like, okay, well now we can, um, now we can start trying to achieve or, or just kind of whatever, like we're, we're not really trying to postpone anymore were open and I the first thing that surprised me was that it wasn't as easy to get pregnant as I thought at that time um, I thought like okay we want to get pregnant now so this will be super simple but it actually took a couple of months and that was surprising to me because I thought like oh well we're just we're just applying the rules to achieve so this should be simple um, so that was the first surprise and then I think the next surprise has just kind of been like a an ongoing lesson that um, when we say that we're open to life, that we mean it. <laughs> and it means um, entrusting God with, with everything and all of our plans. Um, and that what I may have thought, you know, seven years ago, what our family might look like um, seven years into marriage, it looks different than that and praise God <laughs> that it looks different, that we have four kids and not just two or even just three. Um, but really, I think that's been the ongoing lesson is that God's plan is, is so much better. And yeah, we can get into more detail <laughs> as we go along about what, what that looked like. Now, thank you for, um, for talking about that. And I loved how you said that it was something that you knew that you were going to use like NFP and that Michael was on board. And I know you deal with a lot of couples who um, maybe the first time they start the marriage process is the first time they've heard of NFP. Right. And they may have these assumptions. Are there common assumptions that you think people who are entering marriage have? Uh, and then when they see you who have um, four beautiful children yeah. um, that are, what, five and under? Yeah, yeah, they're all five and under. And it does seem weird because, and I, and I address this during the, the marriage retreats, it does seem weird for the person who's, you know, giving the NFP talk to be the one who has four kids in, in seven years because, or four kids in six years. Uh, because it sounds like what we're saying is that NFP doesn't work if you look at a big family and you see that they're using NFP. And I think that's something that I actually had an assumption about when, when I got married was like, oh, okay, if, if they're using NFP and they have lots of little kids, like either they're not using it right or they're not applying the rules correctly or, or something. But what I have learned is that just because a, a family is larger or um, yeah, just because a family is larger does not mean that something went wrong. It actually means that something went very right. And one thing that I, I feel like um, we have to do better about when we talk to couples about natural family planning or just being open to life in general, because you know, in our marriage vows, what we say is that we are open to the children that God sends us. And we say yes to that question when, when the priest asks us, if are we willing to accept children lovingly from God? Um, we say yes, but living that out and, and actually being open, um, sometimes we have to check our heart on that. And um, 
Yeah, I think, I think it's just been, it's been a journey of being able to see that, all right, any time that we put an I for intercourse on the chart, that was an invitation for life. We knew that we were sending out an invitation for life and we were entrusting that into God's hands. Um, so the fact that God has, has blessed us with life this many times, it doesn't mean that, that something went wrong. It means something really beautiful happened. Does that mean that we weren't kind of surprised <laughs> a couple of times um, or, or a little overwhelmed? Well, yeah, we were, we felt overwhelmed <laughs> and, oh man, I can, I can into that. Um, but the beautiful thing is like God has walked with us through, through that experience. So I think just being able to, to share that with couples has been a great blessing to say, you know, there is this beautiful thing called NFP. It does work. The science is there. And just because we have a large family, doesn't mean that something didn't work. It means that we got loose with the the rules. That sounds weird to say it that way, but um, we didn't follow the rules correctly. Or um, we knew that we always know that there's a possibility of um, of uh, receiving another life, um, and we were open to that. And ultimately, we're we're just trying to to be open to God's plan for our family because really that's what's going to be best. Yeah. No, I love the whole, I mean, it, that's what NFP is created to be like open to life. Exactly. And, um, the way that you phrase it, I think is so great. And I know that you had mentioned in our conversations prior to today that someone had referred to you as a person who has hyper fertility. Yeah. <laughs> fertility. Uh, and I mean, do you, what other things have you heard, um, either from other people or, uh. Uh, or even members of the church, like when, when there's a family who have a lot of children or their children are very close in age, uh, how did that affect you? What was your thought behind like, oh, I never really thought of, or maybe you did think of yourself as hyperfertile. Yeah. Uh, how does that affect you? And how do you think it affects, like those sorts of things affect the culture or what you see when you talk about this to other people? Yeah, I think one thing that it, it has highlighted for me is that there are so many different experiences and every family situation is different. You know, we, we talked about your story and your struggle with infertility and that's a real thing. And there are, there are so many places I think in between, you know, infertility and people who, who do have a larger family that there are, um, there are crosses on both sides and I, and I don't want it to sound like, Oh, what was, what was me or, or anything like that? Because I, I think that the, the experience or the, the suffering that couples experience, um, whether it's, it's infertility or miscarriage or recurring miscarriage, um, or, um, unexpected pregnancy, like all of that has its own dimension of, of suffering. Um, and, that's a, that's a real thing. And I, and I don't want to diminish that for, for anyone's experience. Um, I know for me, uh, when we found out that we were pregnant with Leo, I was surprised. We knew that it was a possibility because we, we broke a rule, right? So, um, and without getting into to a ton of detail, but 
it wasn't an unexpected pregnancy in that sense, but I think I just kind of assumed like, oh, there's no way that, like I'm open to life, but surely. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Right, it's not gonna happen this time. And in all honesty, when I found out I was pregnant with Leo, I, I dropped to my knees and I cried because it was very overwhelming. And honestly, one of the first thoughts that came to mind was, what are people going to think about it? And I'm, and I, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to say that, that I would worry about other people's um, perceptions of our family. Uh, but I knew that it would be, uh, it would be a thing <laughs> to, that I'm pregnant and I have a nine month old um, and I promote NFP and I promote um, how well it works and I promote you know, family life, like I'm the director of family life, like I, I got to have my act together, <laughs> right? So it was a very humbling thing. But at the same time, it was such a lesson in trusting God because, and you, you, you were part of the, the you heard me in the office where people would ask me like, oh, are you going to have a fourth baby? And I'd be like, yeah, I'd kind of like two years off, but Lord, whatever, whatever God wants. And God heard that part, <laughs> like whatever God wants. Um, and I'm so, so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that. And there are the, the hurtful comments that I've heard. And I, I, um, we were part of a, an NFP series on Emily Frazee's blog last year. And we, sh we shared our experience um, of, you know, kind of having back-to-back -back pregnancies and that ultimately it was a lesson in trusting God. And someone had commented that um, it seemed like I was irresponsible because I wasn't protecting myself from my husband. And that was jarring because I thought, protecting myself from what? <laughs> Why would I need to protect myself from my husband? And the other thing that, that she had said was, well, you're saying that, you know, it's all up to God's will, but really, you know, it's an NFP failure. I thought, how, how sad that we look at um, openness to life as a failure. And I can understand why people, some people will, um, will say that NFP is, oh, well, it's just Catholic contraception. Well, if we're thinking of NFP in terms of like, if you have a baby, you're a failure because it's the same as, as birth control, um, then, then okay, that, that's a problem, right? And yeah. that's why NFP is different because in no way are we saying no to God. We're actually saying, Lord, your will be done. And that's a, that's a really tough thing to do, I think, in, in the whole spectrum of, of all these different experiences from different families whether you're, you're having children back to back or you're longing for a child, it's the surrender to God's will, which can be scary because you don't know what's going to happen. But at the same time, I can honestly say that God's plan is so much better than what we could have imagined for ourselves. And, and it breaks my heart that there are folks that kind of look at us like, Oh, well, you, or they, they make the common comments, like things like, uh, oh, well, do you have a TV? And I love a, a story that Matt Frad <laughs> shares is someone saw their, their beautiful family. I think they were at like a Starbucks or something and said, oh, you don't have a TV. And he said, if you think a TV is better than sex, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> 
I need to tuck that away. I've never said that to anyone, but I need to tuck that away. Um, yeah, like if Leo wasn't here, our family just wouldn't be complete. If any of our children weren't here, our family would not be complete. And um, sorry, I kind of rambled there for a minute, but but yeah, ultimately it has just been a lesson in trusting God with with all of this. Yeah. No, I thank you so much for sharing the story. And I loved how you talked about, and you seem to be a little, I don't, hesitant's not the word, but you're like, I'm not trying to like um, downplay anyone who is struggling with like infertility or miscarriage. And I've never taken it that way. But I do think sometimes there is the, um, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I think that sometimes we are unable to hear what another person has mm -hmm. to say because maybe we're on the other end of the spectrum and we're just like, how could they say that? Like, how could she say she's overwhelmed by another child? Um, when there are people over here, but I get that because, and I loved how you said with each stage, there are crosses that each of us are asked to carry. And I remember one time having this conversation with my sister-in-law and we were very close. And so uh, we could do that. And you and Deanna, we were very close. And so I love having these conversations with you. Uh, there is blessings and challenges to both. Yes. And one of the things that my husband and I, because of our infertility, we really haven't had to do is really discern every time we wanted to sort of engage in the marital embrace, have that conversation. But I've also heard from some people who um, that is on the forefront of their minds, like we're discerning, like uh, we think we need to use NFP. We're not really sure. And, and that can be, a, no, I don't want to say a burden. I don't even know how to phrase it, but it can be another struggle, but I'm sure a blessing in that. Like how has, how has that um, benefited your marriage or um, how has that helped you and Michael? Because I do think there's an element to that, that Matt and I haven't had to practice, you know, um, yeah. and that Yes, there's a pain with not being able to have children, but there's also, it's absolutely okay to be overwhelmed at like, there's a lot of things that you have to take care of with the kid. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think that we need to hear from all of these different, different perspectives and always point it to God is calling us to sacrifice mm -hmm. and it's going to show up in different ways. So I don't, I know there's a lot, I don't even know what question I'm asking. There's a lot in there. <laughs> But what is, um, I guess sort of following up, what is a blessing that you have seen just in your marriage? Yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is just our kids are <laughs> like our, their children are the fruit of the love that we, that we share. And that, that has been a mind blowing thing to realize that God has called us to be co-creators and that we've been trusted um, our marriage to him and we're like building our little domestic church and it has grown faster than <laughs> I think we thought it would in 2013 when we got married. Um, but that has been a, an incredible thing. Um, I think between Michael and I, it's been a, a great joy in growing together. And I, and I will say this about Michael, every single time that we found out that we were pregnant, whether I felt ready for that or not he has been the first one to say awesome like let's do this and um i think specifically when we um so 
We had Alexandria uh, in 2015. Um, I actually got pregnant again at the end of that year. She was born at the beginning of 2015. I got pregnant again at the end of 2015, but we were actually really excited about it. We're like, oh, look at us. We got, we're going to have two under two. <laughs> It'll be great. Um, but we, we ended up having a miscarriage and, and I've shared the story before, but basically the doctor had said, um, you know, you need to wait three months before you try to get pregnant again. And we're like, okay. And we were very, um, very strict with that because I was terrified of having another, uh, an, another miscarriage. And so when we found out that we were pregnant again, um, like not even, I want to say not even eight weeks after the, the miscarriage had occurred, I was terrified. And Simon is the only pregnancy that I can honestly say, we look at the chart and we're like, <sighs> Where, how did this happen? I mean, we know how it happened, but how did this happen? Um, but oh my gosh, like I cannot imagine life without Simon. And when I, when I found out I was pregnant with him, I, I cried because I was just terrified. I was scared. And Michael was the first one to say, it's going to be okay. We're going to take it a day at a time. And super encouraging. When we found out we were pregnant with Elena, for some reason, we both just broke out into laughter, <laughs> and which is consistent with her delivery. Michael missed her birth because he was eating a taco in the hallway. <laughs> birth stories on the on the podcast sometime but yeah about that um and then with leo um like i said it felt very overwhelmed but when i told him that that we were pregnant he's like all right let's go <laughs> here we go and it's because we found out we were pregnant with leo that we actually looked into buying a house which we hadn't thought was going to be possible and um, so we, we, we moved and now that COVID has hit, you know, and originally in my plan, um, we wanted to have two years in between Elena and the next one. Um, but I mean, we could have been delivering a baby right now during Corona apocalypse or just getting pregnant if it had been my plan. Um, but the fact that Leah was born right before all of this happened, for me, it was just very comforting to see like, okay, because Leo's here, like God has proven his faithfulness with, with, I mean, our entire marriage, he's, he's really guided us and he's, he continues to prove that if we are willing to trust him with something as huge as our fertility, like fertility and finances, we always say are, are really challenging um, to trust. Uh, into God's hands, but if we're willing to continue to do that, and that doesn't mean that we're being reckless or irresponsible or um, like <laughs> believing in some kind of a prosperity gospel, right? Like there is going to be suffering and sacrifice that's required, uh, but God's been faithful this whole time. So we are, we feel confident in being able to trust him and because Michael is who he is, that reassures me. And I mean, thank God it takes two to make a baby, right? That we're, that I'm not trying to face all of this on my own, that it is, it's teamwork. Um, and I think that strengthened our marriage, it's kind of accelerated our marriage, I think, but, um, but that's been a great gift and a blessing. Uh, that's beautiful. And I mean, I know that we're kind of nearing the end of this, but I, I do want to know what you would have to say to anybody else who were like, what advice would you have? I feel like we should really change the word, um, like hyper fertility. I don't even know what we would call it. 
Right. I, so, like now I'm like, I think that's offensive. I'm not really. <laughs> I don't know either. I'm like, should I be offended? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but what would you say for people who might be a little overwhelmed or who feel like there's a lot on their plate and, and it's, and it is one of those things like discerning, like, okay, in terms of like responsible parenthood, is God calling us as a family to wait uh, before having another child? And then, uh, and having to sort of, um, discern that on a monthly basis, like with your spouse and reevaluating. I mean, every month you're reevaluating your circumstances, God's will for you. And that in and of itself can be either overwhelming or you're just not sure. Uh, What advice do you have for people who are maybe experiencing a little bit of what your story is like? Yeah, I think the the most comforting thing in all of this is, again, just knowing that God is faithful and that God always provides. And that if we're willing to trust this very intimate part of our lives into God's hands, like God is trustworthy. And I know it is very countercultural for us to to be open to life. We we live in in a time where um, children are really kind of seen as a burden um, in secular society or or kind of viewed as, as commodities almost and that we should have total control over when they show up. And um, I think the the main encouragement that I can offer is that, um, you know, if it's a family uh, like ours, or if you, ha- you have several children, or even, you know, just the one or two, and you're feeling overwhelmed, um, that God has entrusted these uh, beautiful souls <laughs> into your family and, that is such an incredible gift. And I feel like that's something that, that I'm learning how to, to be more appreciative of on a daily basis, that I'm the only one that can be Alexandria, Simon, Elena, and Leo's mom. <laughs> like I, I, I was created to do that. And as overwhelming as that is, um, God's equipped us to be able to nurture them and hopefully you know they will become uh, great saints someday. Um, but I, I guess the, the other piece of that, again, is just bringing it all back to prayer, uh, that if you're overwhelmed, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to admit that it's scary or, um, or overwhelming, or you just can't see of how, how could we possibly have another baby <laughs> right now. Um, and trusting that into God's hands is a powerful thing. It's a, it's a real thing. And it's, it's, and please do not listen to the voices that say like, oh, well, that's just religious fluff or, <laughs> or whatever. Um, God's faithfulness is so real and it's, it's so powerful. And the fact that, you know, you're welcoming life uh, into the world is, Oh, it's it's such an incredible gift. I know I'm kind of just repeating myself, but um, yeah, if I can just encourage people to trust God and continue to take all of all of your feelings back to Him and put it in His hands, because He will give back to you more than you could ever imagine. Amen. Yeah, and I think it I think it boils down to relinquishing our control and putting the yes. control back into the hands of God. Yes. And what he does with that, what he does with our lives when we just oh surrender. Yeah. Yeah. 
grateful. Well, Diana, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, and I know that I have been incredibly blessed by your witness and your joy. I still don't know how you do it all. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, stop it. You do great. Uh, but yeah, your children are amazing. And the ministry that you provide is so beneficial and needed in our world today. And you carry yourself with so much grace. Oh, and I'm just so thankful that, uh, that you shared your story. Uh, but you. before we close, is there anything else that you either want to say about this topic or for the series or your, the special edition that we're doing? Uh, yeah, I encourage anyone who hasn't watched uh, the other episodes to, to do that. There, we've had some really good conversations this week, especially like with Mickey. And I believe tomorrow's episode is actually with Father Justin Braun, our St. Philip Institute chaplain. And just hearing a priest's perspective on this, um, it, it's a really good, really good uh, episode. So stay tuned for that. And then uh, visit the St. Philip Institute website. You can click on the Family Life page and we'll have our, our NFP resources there. And then anything uh, faith formation related, uh, we've got some amazing artwork there, of course, for, for your home. Uh, and yeah, just lots of really great resources over there. Wonderful. And then we do ask that you support our ministry with your prayers. Um, Lord knows in the culture that we're in, I can be hostile towards holiness and the teachings of Jesus. So pray for us in our mission um, to teach the truth of Jesus to, um, to the people of East Texas and beyond. Uh, and if you feel called to support us with donations, there's also a donate page on our website. Uh, but we do pray that this series has been helpful. And if there's another series that our audience wants to hear about or know the topic, we always want to hear your ideas, uh, topics or issues that you want us to tackle or address. Um, we are always open to those. So. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Mickey. Thank you, Deanna, for putting all this together. And uh, we are so blessed. And I think that you are fantastic at spontaneous prayer. <laughs> Would you like to close us out on this one? Sure, sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, thank you for the gift of our faith. Thank you for um, this conversation and uh, just for the opportunity to reflect on your plan for each of us. Uh, Lord, we pray for our audience and for anyone who may be struggling um, or just feeling overwhelmed uh, with family life or really wondering what your plan is uh, for, for their family. We pray for anyone who is longing for children uh, and uh, we entrust ourselves and our families into your loving hands. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you so much, Deanna. Thank you.